0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Crispy Sports Corner. I'm your host, as always, Chris Platy, and here with me is... a. Uh, Quite frequent guest of mine now, Noah Loftman of the, of the <laughs> Palace of Pistons. Noah, how you doing?
0: I'm doing well, Chris. Swamped with schoolwork and homework, but I'm still hanging in there and enjoying my life. Uh, having some great quality NBA basketball certainly helps, so I'm doing all right. Doing well.
1: All right. And like the draft lottery, this podcast will go in sequential order as expected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know that that was the first time it ever happened that teams 14 through 1 went in that exact order that they were projected to? No changes.
0: <laughs> well, do you want to know my theory on it really quickly?
1: Yes, go and for I, it.
0: I, I'm huge on the conspiracy theories. I, I, I don't know if the lottery is rigged, but I, I, I think it's fun to think it is, and if we're going to go that route, <laughs> my theory is the NBA was hearing all the reports about the lottery being rigged, and they went to the extreme to prove that it's not rigged. And now that's even, you know, to me, wow, I'm even more suspicious because, I mean, what are the odds of it being exactly what the odds of it's saying it's going to be? It's just, you know, it's, it's the old saying where if you flip a coin a hundred times and, and it lands heads 50 times, that's an unusual occurrence. Uh, chance is a huge thing in life, and people need to take that into consideration when dealing with odds. And the odds of this happening, falling perfectly in place, the odds of you flipping a coin a hundred times and it being 50-50, it's not actually likely. Um, And I think that's what what we saw yesterday.
1: Yeah, see, I'm no mathematician, and I wanted to figure out, I wanted to get one of those stats where it was like, okay, this is a percentage chance of it happening. And I started, and I was like, nope, I cannot do this. This is so much multiplication. (laughs) This is way over my head. Um, so, I'm just waiting for somebody to let me know the stat so, you know, us dumb people can get it faster. Well, it's hard All to right. even
0: put a number on it, Chris. I mean, I'm sorry that it really I really have to move on because it's the same thing with the coin flip. It's like, yes, technically 50 50, but there's just randomness in life. And how can yeah. you put a number on randomness, right?
1: Yeah, you really can't. It, it, and it, it, yeah. So, look before we get into playoffs let's talk a little bit on the on the three the top three which is boston boston at three los angeles at two and of course philly winning the lottery and look it's hard for me to side with a guy who resigned and wrote a 13 uh 13 letter resignation page comparing himself to einstein and all these other like all these other famous people and intellectual people but you got to feel bad for Sam Hinkie, right? Like I mean, this is his doing. He finally this would have been the year for him to finally get a chance to to prove himself, right?
0: Right. It, it's funny you say that because uh I, I was at school today and so many of my friends were asking me questions about the lottery and stuff because they know I'm into this stuff and I love basketball. I'm like, how how many number 1 picks is it, has it has been for the 76ers in the past 5 years, Noah? It's got to be like 4, right? And I'm like, "No, actually, this is their first one." Everyone thinks <laughs> that they get the number one pick every year because they're usually the worst team. But no, I mean, this is their chance. And not only is this, you know, just a number one pick, this is their chance to pick, in my eyes and in many other people's eyes, the best raw talent since LeBron James. And I really believe that. We can go into more detail. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's the Australian native LSU Tiger Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah, I know you're very fond of him, and we'll save that for our for our draft podcast. But I was, uh, and you you seen me you seen me say this before before the draft lottery that I was going to be really angry if Philly won because I just uh, with that whole tanking thing, like I, I root against Philly, and I'd like to see them fail a couple more times before they finally got a shot. And like you said, you are getting what there many people believe are two transcendent players yep. in this draft class and that so that screws Boston really bad because they got the third pick and so the Lakers luckily get to keep their pick and they potentially get a transcendent player too. But there's a lot of talk about the draft lottery. We'll we'll leave it at that just Noah before we before we move on. Are you okay with Philly winning or are you like me where you're anti-tanking and you just cannot stand Philly winning?
0: I'm the complete opposite of you, Chris. I'm against tanking, don't get me wrong, but you have to feel bad for the fan base. That's who I'm (laughs) feeling bad for. Put yourself in their shoes. you're a huge Pistons fan. We have been through some tough times as Pistons fans, but I don't think we've been through anything as bad as what these Philly fans have been going through since 2011. I feel bad for them. They're a passionate sports town. Philly's a great city, great people from there. They deserve to finally be relevant again. So that's why I'm happy they won it. Lakers, come on, I could care. I, I, I was rooting against the Lakers because I'm, I'm sick of them being so great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. I, I, I understand what you're saying. So, you know, hopefully right now the reporters are leaning towards Ben Simmons. I think they will eventually it, go Ben Simmons, sense, yeah. who everyone and not just you are herald- heralding as the best prospect since uh, LeBron James. Speaking of that LeBron James guy. He was pretty good last night, right, in Toronto?
0: Oh, he was excellent. It was one of those great King James games where he decides to not shoot the three ball ever and just dominate (laughs) in the paint, and he is just the best in the world at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny when he does the thing that everyone tells him to do, how much better he actually is. But then again, you know, us media people, we don't know shit, right?
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, besides looking at percentages, I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, but anyways, let's let's get this over with because we both agree that this series is going to be ugly. The Cavs win one fifteen to eighty four in a blowout victory in Cleveland uh, against Toronto, where Toronto just really couldn't match Cleveland at all, and they looked absolutely helpless. I mean, this game was a thirty one point victory, but it could have been it could have been a lot worse, couldn't it? have?
0: it, it could have been. I mean, you were getting some real-deal bench warmers coming in with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So, right. Timothy Mozgov was seeing the court.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and the Cavs weren't... There's all this talk about the Cavs being this crazy three-point shooting team, which they have been amazing at, the, at shooting the three. They've been actually the best shooting uh, team in the playoffs right now. They've even been better than the Warriors in terms of three-point shooting, but... Tonight or last night, rather, they won it old fashioned. They kind of just scored in the paint and took what the defense gave them, right?
0: Yeah, the three ball is still there for them, but LeBron certainly realized that. Yeah, you know what? You know, if I am LeBron, I am realizing I am good enough to take any of these guys to the paint. Toronto is so weak down low in the front court, especially now that they don't have Valanciunas. It's a joke. It was like watching, it was like watching an NBA versus a D League team last night. It was that lopsided. And I was texting my uncle from Cleveland, who's a huge Cavs fan. I said, "Look, Matt, I think this could be the most lopsided conference finals in NBA history. It certainly has the potential to be."
1: Yeah, I mean, you you look at it, and really, is there anything watching that that game? Is there anything that looks like it, it's not repeatable? Like it, it all looks repeatable. It all looks very easy.
0: And the Cavs, I think, are certainly yeah certainly determined to sweep this series. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I think there's a little bit of connection and issue in the Skype. Whatever. It's not a perfect studio. We're we're on the internet. You're in Michigan. I'm in Chicago. I it's not a perfect world. But anyways, yeah, like what you were saying. I just think the Cavs, the Cavs are very, very determined to sweep this series because I think they see what's going on in, at the you know down on the other coast and the likelihood of Golden State and OKC going the distance or at least six. And they're like, you know what? We come into the finals with. You know, two weeks rest, and Golden State, and OKC, whoever that is, comes in with three days rest. I think we're at a huge advantage, and I think they really, I think they really do realize that, and they're not going to fall asleep in any of these games. And I know people are still saying, "Oh, Toronto will get, you know, their crowd will win them a game." That is complete bullshit. Cleveland has yeah. is so superior in every way. LeBron is one of the best players all time on the road in the playoffs. To me, when LeBron's on the road, I'm not worried he's going to lose. He's so good on the road. Those crowds don't faze him. They never have. If they did, it was when he was 18, not 30. I, I just can't see the Raptors winning a game, Chris.
1: No, I, I can't either. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, the crowd, okay, home crowd does matter. Hey, despite all those reports that it really doesn't, and there are some statistics that actually show that it doesn't in terms of uh, road road team win percentage and all that, but I I still believe in the home crowd factor and it's but it's not enough. Like the home crowd factor is not going to overcome one of the greatest players of all time and one and a, an amazing big three within just an amazing team. Like to me, last night Cleveland proved that they don't need the three point shoot the three point shooting to be amazing in order to win and i i really think i'm really starting to cuz you know this from from my podcast earlier that i was not a fan of golden or i was not a fan of cleveland against golden state and i thought golden state would handily win but now i'm starting to oh. I'm, I, I mean i'm still going warriors absolutely and i don't think anything cleveland does will change that because I don't think any of these teams are anywhere close to what uh, the Thunder are in Golden State's playing right now. But... I don't know.
0: I just don't know how you keep underestimating Cleveland. But they it... don't. I don't care that they're in the East. They don't lose. They just play so well together, dating back to last year. Even when that big three is healthy, all playing in the playoffs, they're undefeated. They have not thirteen and zero. They have not lost a playoff game yet.
1: Yeah, well, they haven't played the Warriors, a historically great team, seventy three and nine, dude. Come on, so well, you you gotta you gotta give the advantage to the Warriors. I don't care how hot Cleveland is I'm not, I'm is not doing
0: it. If, if Cleveland comes into the if, to the finals twelve and zero in the playoffs, and Golden State comes in after winning a game seven, I will, I'm not going to argue that Cleveland in a tougher path. But I think I'm going to give Cleveland the edge. I'm going to pick them to win that series. I think rest means a lot, and I think. Twelve and zero in the playoffs is something that should not be um, should not be looked at. It should be really be looked at and given the respect to. I mean, I, I was looking last night best records in NBA playoff records in NBA history. No team has ever gone sixteen and zero. The Los Angeles Lakers in 0-1 went twelve and zero through the West. So that would be what Cleveland could be doing here, and they up they ended up winning the finals. So I just think twelve and zero versus seventy three and nine. It sounds great. I know we still have a ways to go, but rest is a huge factor, and I think Golden State just might be a little worn out.
1: No, I, I I understand what you're saying, but I I gotta totally disagree. Look, I think Cleveland is one of those, and I've said this before on other podcasts that Cleveland is this great team that just I. Sometimes you can be an amazing team, but you. You just can't. You just beat a team that's so much better, or that that's better. Like the the '97 Jazz were one of the best teams to ever not win a title, and they they just came up on the short end of the stick against a a historic Jordan team. So I kind of think that that's where this is going, and unfortunately for Cleveland, it sucks because I know they really want that first ring, and the city is starving for a championship. But that's just kind of the way I see it. Like. Cleveland's great, but the Warriors are just a different level, a different animal. And, of course, I'm saying this all under the context of being injury-free. And I know there's a whole notion out there. That the mystery that Steph Curry is not going to be 100% the rest of the playoffs does affect. But to me, looking at Steph, I mean, he, he was missing some shots, and that's probably because of rust and probably just getting back into game form still but I don't think there's anything with Steph that indicates that, mobility-wise, he's limited at all.
0: Chris, I just want to stop you just for a moment. There's a game tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time, Golden State-OKC. I don't think OKC wins that game, but if they do, and with anything in life, it's possible, if they do, will your mind change about Golden State-
1: could, yes could
0: tonight really could could tonight's outcome alter your mind and just go oh my gosh i you know what i mean could that could. happen tonight
1: it could and look the same thing i said about the calves are the same thing is the same thing i said about the or the same thing i will say about the thunder that they're a great team like look i i'll be honest with you i slept on the thunder i said that the spurs were gonna win in five because I just thought that that defense was so good and I didn't realize how weak that Spurs offense really was and how contingent it was on Kawhi Leonard and uh, Aldridge and I didn't expect Duncan to kind of fall by the wayside but it is what it is Uh, so I've been a guy who's adamantly slept on the thunder and I'm trying to give them their props now but I still just I can't give them enough props to think that they win but if they but you're right if they win two games in a row in Oracle against a... 95% 95% healthy Warriors team. Then yeah, I'm going to start changing my mind about Golden State and I'm going to start to at least have doubts because look, on the other side there is LeBron and for the record, we won't get into this too much, but I would I would if if the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Warriors, I would take the Cavs over the Thunder. I yeah. think that's the hierarchy, but yeah, yeah, if the, if the Thunder win tonight, that is going to be a huge shot to Golden State. Now, do I think they could overcome it and still win the series? Absolutely, but I don't know uh-huh. if confidence-wise if I could believe in them the same way I do now.
0: It's, yeah, it, I'm really looking forward to tonight because I think th- this is the most important game. I, I really believe this is the most important game Golden State um Will play or no? Not will play. Has played. Yeah. In, in in the last two years, I'd put this ahead of Game Four of the NBA Finals last year, because they knew in the back of their minds in 2015 mm-hmm. that it would only take time for LeBron James just to get a little tired. They had all they had to worry about was one guy, literally one guy. Their second best player in the finals, Cleveland last year, was Timothy Mozgov, a guy who can't see the court now unless his team's up 35 in the fourth quarter.
1: Are you sure it's it wasn't Delvadova? I feel like you're uh, not giving Delvadova yeah. the props he deserves. Yeah, look at
0: the numbers. My was getting double-doubles in those series. Yeah, I'm just I'm, kidding. I hate that, Matthew Delvadova. He's my, terrible. Uh, okay. Um, but that's So even if they lose that game four last year, let's say, I still think Golden State could win three in a row against that Cleveland team. Just simply because Cleveland just didn't have the pieces. They didn't have the army. They didn't have the guys. OKC has the guys. They got two top seven players right now in the league who are playing like the two best players in the series, at least in game one. I thought, even though they didn't shoot the ball particularly well, I thought Durant and Westbrook, at least in the second half, were the two best players in that game. Curry was really underwhelming in the fourth, particularly. And I just don't see the Golden State Warriors being able to overcome a 2-0 drought to the Thunder, a team who, as I mentioned, has Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, mobile bigs who Golden State was not able to contain last game, and a coach who I actually am starting to have a lot of respect for. I just think this game right here could be the defining moment of this little small dynasty that is what Golden State is right now. If they don't win this game tonight... And I think they will, because it's just everything tells me they will. I mean, history yeah. tells me home team that loses game one usually wins game two. This team is 73 and nine. They don't lose at home ever.
1: They don't lose back to back. They don't
0: lose. Everything is saying they win this game. But then again, OKC has surprised a lot of people in the past two weeks. I they mean, beat they, beat they San are Antonio. They beat San Antonio twice in a, or, uh, twice in a row at San Antonio. And they won you know, their last game at the Four Oracle. Four out of
1: five, yeah. So
0: that's their last three times they've played at Oracle or um, in San Antonio. They're 3-0. and oh. That's the amount of, I believe that's That's more, the combined wins, yeah, that's the wins of the rest of the league. Of the yeah. rest of the league in the regular season. Because the Warriors
1: lost two and the Spurs lost one. Yeah, yeah that's, so you're right.
0: So this is, uh, it's very hard to predict, but. Because the the Thunder are just proving, as you mentioned, everyone wrong right now. I mean, no one was no one saw this come. I mean, I picked the Thunder to be in the Western Conference Finals, but I never really, I would never have thought they would win the first two. I eventually, I think I went Warriors in five or six, but I never thought OKC. I never thought we would be sitting and saying OKC has a chance to win this series. I thought Golden State would always have the momentum, for the most part, always had the series lead and yeah. it's going to come down to tonight it, it tonight means so so much it really does
1: no i'm with you that this uh, i i expected the whole narrative to always be golden state and then okc would win a game here or there to hang on to hope you know what i mean but in terms of before we get into like the actual game 1 and like recapping it i wanted to touch on the point of of just the overall impact of the series and how you said this was the Warriors' biggest test since Game Four of the Finals last year. I actually want to go back and I think it's the biggest. Uh, I think it's the biggest challenge for them since that Memphis game. I think that was Game Four, right? When they're down two one, yeah. and they got really punched in the mouth against Memphis, and I I believe they were actually blown out in Game Three. If I'm if I'm correct right. on that, down two one. So this this is very important for the warriors and i i really history says that it'll be it'll be a convincing warriors win right it won't be it, it it won't even just be a win it will be a convincing win it'll be a decent win like a 10 to 15 point win over the over the thunder but i i don't know man like you said the thunder are just hot right now they're just they're playing so well that every time you, I've been thinking they're gonna lose for like the last six games of the playoffs. Every every game, I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm just like, yep. It's, it's about you, that time.
0: It's 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 something that's not even tangible, really, with the Thunder. It's no it's no stat. It's something that I can't really back up, but I'm just gonna share it with you, anyways. There was a time in the third quarter, I believe, of last uh, of Monday night's game where the Thunder were down 12. Am I right about that? They were down 12 in the third at one point? Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's when I realized, when the Thunder started coming back, like when they made that first bucket after they were down 12, that they're going to win the game. Right after that, I really? said, I was like, if this team is not, I mean, almost every team in the past two years to play Golden State, when Golden State's up at half or they're winning by double digits in the third, they never come back because your confidence is gone. You know, they're like oh, these guys are historically great. We're not. You know what? Let's just prepare for next game. The Thunder, you you could see it, if you know what I'm talking. You could just see it in Westbrook and Durant's eyes that they were not going to lose. They 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 knew that they were going to win that game. And right when I when they when they refused to let that league get bigger than twelve, and they started coming back, I I started to get behind that team and say, I don't think they're going to lose. I think they're going to win this game because simply the Warrior shots just weren't going in. Thunder just seemed like they were more confident out there, which is the crazy thing because Golden State should have all the reasons in the world to be more confident, and I think that's what it came down to—the whole mental game—and that's why I think Game Two is going to be an incredibly different story because I don't think Golden State is going to let themselves lose their confidence this game.
1: No, I'm I'm with you. I don't think they, I don't think that they're going to let them lose their confidence either. And well, let's get into Game One for a second here. So. The Warriors. I hate to discredit the Thunder, but man, did the Warriors play bad. I mean, they miss countless layups. They turn the ball over. Now look, they're a turnover-prone team. That is, if that is their absolute one flaw, is that they turn the ball over a lot and they get kind of trigger happy with their passes and all all that. But they they had. Do you? I don't have the stat in front of me, but I believe uh, the Thunder had twenty plus points off of turnovers from Golden State. Like that's that's really, really bad, and that's a huge difference. And I just I see I see this being something that corrects itself because the Thunder are a very turnover prone team. So I believe it eventually comes back to a level where they even out and the turnovers are either equal or Golden State has a little bit of an advantage there. And so I really think that that was one of the huge differences in the game. But another one that I want to get into with you is the size. OKC went big, and they won on the glass, and they won on the second chance points. They won uh, plus 20 in the second chance points. I believe it was 25-2 to in terms of second chance points. So that's another huge part where they won there. Noah, what do you think about the Thunder going big? Did you think... Because I forget, I forget we talked about this. I forget if you were on the side of going big for OKC or for OKC to go small and match.
0: No, I was on the side for going big
1: okay. because I th-
0: like I said these. This is you know OKC doesn't have an Andre Drummond. They don't have that mm-hmm. even a Dwight Howard. It's it, it, Stephen Adams and Enos Cantor for that matter are both incredibly mobile. Um, they can defend all over the court. They could defend in the perimeter. They're not great, but they're certainly better than most centers in the league. And the thing that I, I just can't wrap my mind around is the whole how do you, you know when people like to tell me that the way you stop Golden State is you go small with them because they'll expose you if you go big. Now that's true if you're the Pistons because mm-hmm. second Andre Drummond's out there and you're pulling him to the perimeter, you're going to expose him. Right, But with OKC, I don't know if that's true. Uh, in the second quarter when Golden State went small, OKC got embarrassed. That was when, you, you know, in that last four minutes or whatever, they won that run, Curry hit the buzzer beater. OKC had no answer. But then in the fourth, when Golden State went small, OKC figured out how to defend it pretty well. And they won the battle on the glass. And it was just so apparent, after every shot that went up, that OKC had such an advantage in the paint, on the glass. If you're going to count Kevin Durant as a 7-footer, which, you know, I might as well. He's 6'10", 6'11". They have three 7-footers on the court at the same time, while Golden State, what, their next, their tallest guy is 6'9"? Draymond Green? 6'6". Draymond's 6'6"? Yes, 6'6". 6'6". That's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that's basketball 101, that you just on the playground, the team who is you know two six six kids and I'm five ten, you you know what I mean, they're gonna yeah. win because they can just dominate the paint. And OKC, yeah. I was saying this on the last podcast, it just seems they have the right pieces to play with Golden State. They can they they have the size advantage. Most teams have the size advantage, but they also aren't totally outmatched from a mobility standpoint. And that's the key: is they have size. But they're also mobile, and I think that's and I think Billy Donovan has realized that he's going to continue to go with that because and Golden State that's their weakness even when they went big and Bogut was there Bogut was horrible he was he was terrible
1: yeah I mean look I'm I'm with you on all of this because the mobility thing you hit on is so is so huge and that's why you're so right is that these bigs like Steven Adams is. Everybody's been talking about this recently, but I've been saying this for a while how mobile he is and how just athletic he is, how he can move around so flawlessly. That's what makes him such a good defender. Like, I believe it was Curry last night, was going baseline and went for the reverse layup, and Steven Adams shuffled his feet the entire way and kept up with them and was able to block the shot. Like, Steven Adams, he is so huge for the Thunder in this series. He's an absolute threatened, He's what makes Cantor. Uh, expo- He's what makes Cantor uh, able to play so many minutes. And look, I, this is kind of an idea I have. Let me see what you think of it. So, with this small ball lineup, that was the most Golden State ever went small ball in a game, and who knows how long? I believe it might be this, the longest they've ever went small ball ever. And with Draymond at the five, Barnes at the four, Iguodala, Curry, and Clay. And so with that being said it looked like it kind of looked like they're gassed because when when you're when you have a size disadvantage it is so much harder to rebound and it is so much more difficult to rebound that you're expending a lot of energy and I think that in the fourth quarter I think that that small ball lineup was gassed like I think I think teams if I'm OKC okay, I'm starting to realize that this small ball lineup is good But it's only good for about 10 minutes max, 15 minutes max, because it's just so taxing on Draymond and Barnes to keep going against Adams and Cantor on defense.
0: And and you really saw that in the last few minutes of the game Monday, because OKC was brilliant defensively. They tried their absolute hardest to take any shot away from Clay and Curry. I mean, it's, you know, it's Curry can shoot contested, but he's definitely better uncontested, so they tried their hardest. Westbrook was picking him up almost before half court at times, really getting, you know, guarding him like Chris Paul used to guard him. Uh, they, would, they would even double him at the top, and they would leave some guys uh, like Draymond or Barnes, uh, I wouldn't say wide open, but at least a little space, and kind of tempt Curry and Clay to pass to them and really force the non-shooters to shoot. And that was the key for OKC is they said Curry and Clay would be the ones to mount a comeback and, and, and beat them ultimately because they're the ones who are unstoppable. They're, they're the stars. Let's, let's force Draymond and Barnes um, to mount a comeback. And you know what? We'll even give them a, a somewhat of an open lane. That's what they did. And then as you said, Adams would come back and help and, and, and disrupt that open lane. And yes, Barnes was hot in the first quarter, but after that, where was he for the rest of the game? Seriously, I mean, I right. think that's the issue with with some of these guys at Golden State. Is yeah, when when you have eight open three uh, three point shot you know attempts in a row, you could get hot easily. You're an NBA player, you have a good shot, but yeah. then. Eventually, teams will you know will start guarding you. You're not as open. Then where you are, you know. I feel like Harrison Barnes is the type of guy that completely benefits, or that benefits just so much from being in the Golden State system. And whoever signs him for a max deal next year is going to really screw themselves over because I don't think he's that great of an individual talent. I think he's a great system player, and he's just a great shooter for what Golden State you know the system they have in place right now. And and I think that you saw all you saw all of that. You saw all of Golden State's weaknesses in that game. And the odds of that happening were very low because you've never really seen that before. I think that was their worst quarter or worst fourth quarter at least of the season. They only scored 14 points. OKC came back and won the game in the fourth quarter. They were come they went into the fourth quarter losing. Golden State rarely blows fourth quarter leads. They rarely put up 14 points. It was a horrible quarter. All their weaknesses were exposed. I just can't imagine that happening again because Golden State has just proven us time and time again that, that they won't let their weaknesses show.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing that's so... You talked about it earlier how OKC okay, so didn't quit because usually there's those back... What they call back-breaking plays. They'll hit those back-breaking threes that just sink your heart. And usually... If you look at it, it'll be it'll be maybe not always Curry or Clay. It will be just like, you, Curry will hit three in a row, and then he'll dish it to Green, and he'll hit one, and then you're like, oh great, now everybody's hitting, and we're screwed. But I like that OKC was like, no, we're gonna we're gonna really make Green and Barnes beat us. And but there's there's no proven way to beat Golden State, and there's no easy way that consistent way to beat Golden State. A lot of it has to be you're on, they're off. But with with that being said, I mean, look, you you gotta feel you gotta feel good about your chances if, if Draymond Green and Barnes are taking just as many shots as Curry and Clay, right?
0: I think OGC feels very good about their chances and what might ultimately hurt them in the end is that they feel too good about their chances. I think that's been the worry everyone is having and had come for gold or OKC coming into the season, that they would just be almost too confident and not play that grit-and-grind style of basketball for 48 minutes that they need to play. And it's funny, because most people say you need to play a complete game to beat Golden State. And for some crazy reason, OKC didn't need to do that to beat them Monday. In fact, they only played... One and a half good quarters, <laughs> like no, I'm that, with you. Like, I'm with That's you. what I am struggling to wrap my mind around. When the Pistons in February or whatever beat the Warriors, they played 48 fantastic minutes. You yeah. look at the other eight teams that beat them. Same thing. You got to play a great. I mean, that's when they're healthy, when they're all healthy, which they are right now. You have to play four great quarters. And what you you can look at it from two end of the spectrum. One saying. OKC didn't even play their best and they still won. What will they be like when they play their best? Or you're looking at the other side and just say, what are the odds of Golden State playing this poorly again?
1: Right. And and I think you have to lean, history would tell you to lean in favor of Golden State. Like we said, 73-9. and nine. Like you said, this is probably their lowest scoring quarter of the year. Um, but look, yeah, you got to, it's, it's only fair to point out that OKC didn't play that great and that they 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 did a lot of things wrong in terms of defense and they had these lapses where on offense they just couldn't score for these periods of time like Kevin Durant in the fourth was missing all those shots but you know OKC stood stood pat on their game plan and they and they ended up winning the game but again I don't see I don't see the Warriors missing around 15 layups or however many they list, missed last night it was it was terrible it was tragic to watch and i don't see them as turnover as prone as they are i don't see them doing that much uh turnovers again and giving up that many points but if you're if you're golden state let's get into adjustments now for game two do you go with festus azili a more mobile big mobile big rather and do you or do you stay with playing 20 minutes of small ball
0: I think you got to go Azealy. and you can't go Bogut because Bogut is a not entirely healthy, and B was horrible for every one every one of those minutes he was on the court Monday. So, what's your next best option? It's Azealy. and I think you got to try something new. But then again, the small ball has worked every other time this season, and when any with anything in life, if something works nineteen out of twenty times, don't you think that one time might be a fluke? Right. And so maybe they try it again. Maybe they say, you know what, we're going to try the small ball again. And it works. And, and it, that's why it's just so hard to answer because what we saw was something that was incredibly unexpected. You know, people thought OKC would win a game or two in this in the series, but they didn't think it would be at Oracle. They thought it would be at OKC because that's also a very tough place to win if you're the road team. Uh, and And because of what happened Monday... It's hard to wrap, you know, hard to dis- to separate the two. Hard to figure out what was a fluke and what was real, if you will, for lack of a better word. What what is like a real threat moving forward? And yeah. you can't you can't figure that out until we see game 2. You can't figure that out until we see what happens tonight.
1: Yeah, you got to have a bigger sample size with that than just one game, but I would say the thing that I would say something that is real for OKC is that big lineup. I do think that that is going to actually be a problem for OKC, or for Golden State, rather, sorry, if they do continue to go small. But I also think that that small ball lineup is going to be a lot better when Curry and Clay are actually hitting shots. Like like you said, Curry had a poor performance. I don't have the shooting numbers in front of me, but they weren't great. Clay wasn't great either. So you got to... You got to expect that the law of averages work out in their favor, and I think I think if Golden if Golden State had the law of averages last game, I think they win, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. And we, Draymond Green, if he hits that layup to go down one with a what was it, a minute left, or yeah. if they call the travel with Russell Westbrook with whatever amount of seconds left, we could be having a totally different conversation. This was not a blowout by any means. This was. Real deal, right down to the wire, classic, grind-out, NBA playoff basketball game. So, you know you know what I mean? It's not, it, it was just, everything about it was so weird. I, no one expected, basically, any of what happened to happen. And that's why we're sitting here Wednesday evening at 649 Eastern Time, just in complete confusion. We have no <laughs> idea of what's happening tonight. We We can think. We can, you know, say, well, Golden State is this, this, this. They, they should definitely win tonight. But then again, it's hard not to remember what happened Monday, and you're just, you're just in such a weird position right now, and then that's what makes the NBA playoffs so great. Fuck anyone who says the NBA is predictable because it's not.
1: It's yeah, it's not, and I'm with you. I'm with you on this whole um, we don't know what's going on thing because we really don't. But Noah, with that being said, I do have to get a prediction from you for give me a prediction for Game Two, and who wins and why? Like, what's the key factor? And then moving forward, are you still on uh, on Warriors and seven? Was your prediction right, or was it with six?
0: Man, I my original prediction was Warriors and six. Now I don't remember what I said before the podcast, but I think I, well, I think it was I, I think I did say Warriors and six, but I'm gonna change that. A little bit of fuel allow me to. I'm going to stick with Golden State. I don't really want to repeat myself. I, You know what? We both have a lot of respect for them. I just can't imagine um, the 73-9 and team losing before the finals. I still think they lose in the finals, but I just can't imagine them not getting there. I think they're the better team. Simply, just bet, that's the best way to put it. They're the better team, and in the NBA, the better team usually wins. And they have home court. So I'm going to go Golden State and seven. As far as tonight goes, I'm also picking Golden State. Score, 109-100. Um, going to go nine points. I think it's going to be a battle, and I think Golden State will close it out. They'll have like a you know, three- or four-point lead with a minute or two left in the fourth and then seal the deal with some threes. And it'll, You're going to be walking away again with uncertainty. Because it's not like, I, I just, I don't, a lot of people think Golden State's going to rock them tonight, and I just don't think so. I, I think this OKC team is too good. I know they just got rocked by San Antonio, but I think they are just playing so well right now that I, that they're not going to get killed. I I, I really don't. I think they're going to be in the game up until the end. Yes, nine points might sound like a lot, but as I explained it, I, I think it's going to be close, and then, you know, Warriors will run up the score at the end, 109-100.
1: Alright, I will kinda of jump on that prediction in a way. I got the Warriors winning. I still have the Warriors in six like originally planned. And um I'm gonna go one thirteen one oh three No, sorry. Yeah, one thirteen one oh three okay. Golden State. Uh so kind of along the lines of you where it's just the, they pull away with a couple of threes. You don't at think the this end, is gonna be a and game, it's closer.
0: Yeah. So you're not you're with me that we're not going to be here in you know start of the fourth quarter saying what's the point of watching? Like like right. we're going to be wanting to watch this fourth quarter tonight. No, it's
1: not San Antonio game one. I yeah. think I think OKC is a totally different team than than game one San Antonio. I really do. I I have bought into the Thunder and this. I mean, despite buying into the Thunder and picking the Warriors to win, I have I have bought into them. I do believe that this is a a really really good team. But yeah. The Warriors aren't going to lose twice in a row at Oracle in the playoffs when they're seventy three and nine as on the on a season. I mean that that's just you're asking for too much if you're OKC. So I think it goes back one apiece to OKC, and the Warriors come back with one or two of those, and then they take Game Five, now, so I'm, they w- they win in six.
0: I'm looking at the schedule right now. They don't play again until Sunday, Sunday night after tonight's game. Wow. So that's all day Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and most of the day Sunday that they have to rest slash practice. And I know playoffs are playoffs, teams are trying 100% at all times, but there's just something about knowing you have so much rest ahead of you that I think, gives you some e- even more motivation, if you will. And that's the last thing the Warriors want to give OKC. When OKC realizes, and I'm sure they do because this is all they're worrying about 24-7, we have other shit to do in our lives. So I'm right. sure when they saw that and they're like, huh, we have what, four days off? We're, we're going to run, run their asses off. Like, I mean, we got nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but just, at, the, yeah. At,
1: at the same time, the Warriors have that same time off. And look, these are teams that the cores at least are are around the same age. So I don't really think that this is – I don't think there's a tempo that favors either one or the other because I think they're both good and fast and they're both good and slow tempo. But um, so that that stuff doesn't really matter to me well, honestly. There's
0: one thing we haven't talked talked about yet and we're going to end this soon, but I think it's really worth mentioning. Yes, Westbrook, shooting percentage-wise from a full game standpoint, didn't shoot particularly well. Seven for 21. But he had that 19-point third quarter, which many would say was the point in which OKC started coming back, which kind of fueled them to win the game, and he kind of led the way. Durant wasn't shooting well. It was, this was a Westbrook game. A lot The Thunder wins are usually either a Durant or a Westbrook game. This was a Westbrook game. And during that stretch where Westbrook had those 19 points in the third quarter, and even in the fourth, Golden State could not guard him. I mean, when Curry was on him, don't even try. That was a disaster. Curry is is not a great defender, can't guard Russell Westbrook. They tried almost everyone on him. They tried doubling him at times. And when Westbrook was on, he was on. You could not stop that guy driving to the hole. It was like watching LeBron James drive to the hole. That quickness, that athleticism. And Chris, I have to ask you, how do you stop Russell Westbrook if you're Golden State? Because I I don't see a man-to-man matchup that favors Golden State um, when, when looking at the Russell Westbrook matchup. Even if you put Draymond on him, Westbrook is Westbrook. He can drive to the hole on anyone. And you know what? While we're at it, same thing with Durant. It's almost like if you're Golden State, you just gotta hope that they are cold, right? Or is there anything you can do?
1: Well, I mean, obviously it will help a lot if you if they're cold. But in terms of matchups, I think okay, or sorry, Golden State's best bet is I do think clay on, on Westbrook is nice. Hyde Curry on Robertson, uh, and then also, in, with Durant, I think you switch between Barnes, Green, and uh, Igor And I think you just kind of keep giving Durant continuously different looks. And look, those are that's probably your best chance of slowing them down. I think Westbrook's a guy who can have a bad game, but even even Durant, Durant's just not capable of having bad games. He'll still no he'll still no matter how many times he shoots, either it's ten or if it's or if it's thirty-five, he's gonna get like at least twenty points. So you gotta figure that Durant is Durant but Westbrook, I think, is the spearhead. So I think you got to. I think that the key is, honestly, if if I'm being real, is go small, because I believe that Draymond Green is their best rim protector in the playoffs. So I think I think you throw clay on him and you go small with Green to help protect the rim.
0: What worries me with Golden State, though, is just so many times Monday, Kevin Durant had a complete mismatch, created a, uh, an open shot for himself, and just missed. And yeah. that, that doesn't happen to for Kevin Durant. If he hits those shots, OKC still wins that game, but they win it in convincing fashion. They win that game by double digits. He had many chances in the fourth quarter Monday to really put the seal on the deal. Really, you know what I mean? Put the cap on the jar. Really, really end the game. Put the exclamation point on the paper. And he, he didn't deliver and he is a star. He is someone that I really really look up to and I I think he's on LeBron's level. I think he's on Curry's level. He's right up there with any player in the league that you will call great. And I think he's been very underappreciated because of, you know, the injuries and just him not being available for the past a lot of times for the past 3 years. And and part of me just thinks if Durant gets hot, how can Golden State stop him? I mean, he, he, I mean, everyone you put on him is a mismatch because of the height. I mean, you got a guy who's like 7 foot who, who, is, who looks like a point guard out there. It yeah. is really, really unbelievable. His, his ball handling is, is terrific. His explosiveness to the hoop is terrific. And I think that's one of the most underrated parts of his game. I mean, everyone thinks, yeah, he's a good shooter. But I think people forget that he, he does what Curry does. He's crossing people up and taking to the rack now.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, he's, Kevin Durant is really, is really good, and he is, a, he does have an advantage over anyone Golden State can throw at him, whether it's Draymond Green, he's got height and quickness, I believe, and then, you know, Barnes, he's got height, Iguodala, he's got height and quickness, so he, he always has an advantage no matter who you throw at him, and he did, you're right, a lot of those shots were good Kevin Durant looks that he missed in the fourth down the stretch, so. That is one thing that does worry me. If you're okay, or if you're Golden State, rather, but at the same time, you have to, you just have to, if you're Golden State, you just have to believe in yourself and say, "Look, we are seventy-three and nine, and we are going to play a lot better. And if we play our game, it doesn't matter how good Kevin Durant is, we're still going to win this. We're still going to win the game." So, again, Noah, before you, uh, before we get out of here. Real quickly, recap for those of you that were tuning in earlier, might have missed it, or just tuning in now. uh, Recap your pick on the series and tonight's game, and then we'll get out of here.
0: Yep, I think Golden State ultimately takes it. In seven, though, it's going to be an all-time classic series, really. It's going to be terrific. It's going to be hard to find a series that's going to be better than this one. I really believe that. Both teams have the star power. They're well-coached. The crowds are great. We were talking about crowds earlier. you got two, arguably the two best crowds in the league going at it, crowd versus crowd. Um, And then as far as tonight goes, I can't see Golden State losing two in a row in the Western Conference Finals healthy in 2016. I can't see it, but it would be really, really interesting if they do do it, if they do lose tonight. It's worth watching tonight. I think it will be a good game. I think Warriors take tonight. I think Warriors take the series in seven.
1: All right, and I will say that I believe the Warriors win tonight, and I also believe that the Warriors win the series in six, and that.
0: So that means they're winning that last game in OKC. OKC,
1: but I mean San Antonio did it a couple of years ago. It's not anything that's impossible. It's
0: not impossible at all. I just think it's. I just. I just. If it's three two going to OKC.
1: But you got to think about it this way: Do the will the Warriors really lose three times in seven games? You got to think about it that way too. Like the Warriors are seventy three and nine that's like a that's like a ninety percent winning uh, percentage or an eighty five percent winning percentage. Uh, you you really think they're going to lose three out of seven? That's that's just the way I look at it. Is scrap home court, scrap all that in terms of seven games? Do they really lose three out of seven? It's
0: a good point. <laughs> this is the playoffs, Chris. It's a different ball game. And it is a different I, ball game. I hate the people that say it doesn't. Nothing matters until the playoffs. I think that's completely false. But I think it is. It is as I just said, a different ball game in the playoffs. It's hard to say. I mean, oh, this team won all four matchups in the regular season. They're going to sweep. That just it doesn't work like that. Um, it's very important to to play well in the regular season. But as I think we're seeing right now. It's not super important to go out and win seventy three games. You know what I right. mean? Like, like you can re- you can still win the title with fifty five wins. You're not going to win it with forty. You can win <laughs> yeah. it with fifty five. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. So, with that, Noah, um, you're doing work for Palace of Pistons. Do you guys? Do you got anything from Palace of Pistons to watch out for? Something you want to plug real quick? Well, before you get no, out of here? we're
0: in a weird spot because usually at this time, this is like a peak Pistons media time because you got uh, lottery, draft previews, free agency, but I don't know, Chris, this might be a quiet year or quiet offseason, which is usually a sign of, you know, teams that have quiet offseasons tend to be in a good place. They tend to be happy with where they're at, and I think the Pistons are. They do have a draft pick, for now at least. We're going to be reporting. Follow us on Twitter, at Palace of Pistons, but I'm going to be honest. I'm an honest guy. I, I just, I, um, not as much as usual. Not as much as – last year was like, holy shit, like trade, trade, trade. You know, the the draft, we had a good pick. We – I mean, last year's draft class was stacked, uh, 1 through 15, where it could all be franchise guys potentially. I still believe that. Um, this That's not the case this year. I'm no, sorry. definitely not.
1: But – no, I I agree with you. And it, it it look it is a good problem to have, right? It is. Not worrying about the draft lottery and just kind of whoever you get, you get. But um,
0: I, I I don't. I mean, we're gonna do, do a podcast for it later. But I, I I'm starting to think they trade that pick, or at least they want to.
1: Oh, I'm with you. All right. Well, we will definitely keep that in mind for the future. In the meantime, thanks for tuning in to Crispy Sports Corner, guys. You can find all my content on. On or it's not, sorry, not song, on Podbean, and you can find it through my Twitter, which is at crispy eleven thirty two. That's C H R I S P Y eleven thirty two. And you can also through there, you'll find a link to my Podbean, which has all my other podcasts. And I'm still in the process of converting these podcasts to iTunes. I also do music podcasts. To so iTunes, I have to,
0: I have to stop yes. you there. You're on iTunes now.
1: Uh, well, I'm trying to be. I emailed them about it, and um, I can actually publish them through Podbean to where everything I've ever done in Podbean will be converted to iTunes as well, and then they'll be through both. And I'm just thinking that for Apple users, that's a lot easier. That is because I Because my, I myself use iTunes for yeah. podcasts, and it's great, and it's a lot easier than Podbean. So I'm thinking about that, and I'm, I'm trying. I'm in contact with Apple about it. And then... Um, yeah, other than that, stay tuned for I have two more music podcasts coming out, and I'll probably have another NBA podcast coming out all within this week. Um, I do some hip-hop stuff. on. I got an album review coming for Chance the Rapper, uh, his new project or mixtape, whatever you want to call it. And then I have another one talking just about current events and 2016 so far and hip-hop and looking forward. So, Noah, thanks for tuning in. Take care, man. And I appreciate, as always, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast with me.
0: Thanks. Should be a fun night tonight.
1: All right. Take care.